Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. I'm Rebecca Plum, your big sister. And I'm Sean Serha, your GBF. We're not that hot or that young. But we believe it's a state of mind that helps us build adaptable and profitable businesses. We rely on the support of our design besties to get through each day. So let's explore the emotional, practical, and humorous sides of being interior designers. Welcome to the club. Hey, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? 2024. Happy Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Are you a New Year's person or no? Like a resolution or just anything around it that feels I I definitely like to come into the new year. Christmas decorations go down after Christmas. By the time we start January 1, the house has to feel like a fresh. Hmm. Like I, I, I love a reset. I love a, today's the day, but it's, I do still, it's New Year's say me. I just like having a little punctuation to things. Yeah, you? I like, I like a do-over moment. <laughs> 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 I'm not really a resolution person either. I mean, it's nice to have kind of thoughts around things and maybe some low-key goals, but I found that too much building up of something will backfire on me. Yeah, because it's nobody can make me do it except me. I don't like, I'm definitely, I don't like to be told what to do type of person. So, Including myself. Yeah. So that's why on the last episode, I was saying that I had to sneak into a, trick myself into a habit, sneak up on it. And that's kind of, it's kind of good. No, that's kind of a better way for me. Yeah, because that's what's going to get you to do it. But it's not good that you have to force yourself like that in order to get it done. Right. Unless it's a challenge or something. I don't know. It's all, it all depends on how hard, how big of a climb it's going to be, like what the thing is. It's the climb. Little housekeeping. We have something coming up next month. Yeah, we are hosting a panel on February 29th at KBiz in Las Vegas. It's the humorous side of design, which who better (laughs) than yours truly's? Why would they think of us, the serious (laughs) business podcast that we are? So we're really excited as of right now, as we're recording. We do not have the ability to share with you who is on the pa- who are the panelists with us. But you want to come if you're going to be in Vegas for KBiz. Join us on February 29th. We'll be there. You know, we'll stick around. Yeah, this is our first time like moderating and hosting a panel. So it'll be fun. I mean, it's got to be fun. There might be some good stories. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring something funny to say, hopefully. No pressure. Oh, I'm ready. I'll, I'm ready to host a roast if I need to. I'll do whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited they asked us. It's going to be fun. So we're going to, I'm sure the design, I know they're not just going to ask designers who wouldn't joke about stuff. So I'm excited to have panelists who are also there to just have fun and have a a really great panel that afternoon. That would be really cool. So yeah, we'll be there. So, okay, let's let's get into the... (laughs) The nitty gritty. The no more for 2024. I mean, 
You got to hear episode 108, which was we wanted to leave on a really positive note and not to say that this is going to be the very <laughs> negative note, but there were definitely some things that we don't, we do not want to be bringing with us into this year and we want to make some changes around. We wanted to keep the list very short and succinct. So you're getting free from each of us. Are we gonna not just going to complain train for an hour? But there's, we tried to be very directive about where they're at. And I think that some of these are really going to resonate with the hotties and their own businesses and their lives. So, well, I also have just as hard of a time stopping doing things than I do of making resolutions that are starting things. I don't want to, I don't, I guess I just don't want to make too many big statements that I'm going to feel like I failed at, you know? I mean, I really believe that you're going to, this will be the year you finally kick your cocaine habit. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding, everybody. But that's sort of like an addictive personality thing when you're like, oh, well, once I've started, I can't stop. Like, I have to keep going. No, like, no. This is I'm more of I'm not committed the, to the process. This is more... I don't have an addictive personality. <laughs> I know. But I wish I did around some things. But I have I a wish hard, I loved this cleaning. More, I wish I, I was know. addicted to cleaning my house. <laughs> I mean, people are... When you see the... I wish there were more of those My Strange Addiction. Do you, have you ever watched any of those? I wish there were some of those shows where it showed I'm obsessive about folding my laundry. I wish they showed more of these like... Mm, people with quote-unquote positive of, habits. Yeah, instead of I like to eat sawdust. I want to see oh, people like, who are like, yeah. I, I only drink smoothies all day. I, only, I can only eat healthy. I have to exercise every day. Yeah, um, I want to see more of the, oh, if I don't go to CrossFit every day, I'm a terrible person type of energy, I guess. I mean, those people there. exist. Yeah. It's more for me around, I think, people pleasing. Okay. Is that the start of the list? Is that where it goes? Uh, it could start. Yeah, I can. I don't know. I'm asking. Spin. <laughs> well, okay. So I don't consider myself a people pleaser. Like, by nature, I have more of a rebel streak of I do what I want, but I can't make myself do anything. But I definitely have an obliger streak. And I think it's like cultural as women. We're taught a lot of this. My generation, there's a lot of it baked in, like immediately following the boomer generation. You're also an oldest child. Oldest daughter. <laughs> oldest grandchild. Yeah. I have... A lot of that kind of responsibility on my shoulders kind of a feeling and the only yeah. I can do it, but also wanting to be the good girl and do the thing that's going to make people happy around me. Mm -hmm. So I guess the biggest thing that I'm contemplating, I'm not make, I'm actually going to start with a not 100% sure. <laughs> Leave it to Rebecca. Don't count. She never said she would do it, so it's not true. <laughs> Actually, no. I can say that I am very much going to be discretionary about full-service clients. Oh. I, I had some great ones in 2023, and I had some not great fits. And my there's a possibility my husband's job is going to change and it's going to really shake up our family if that happens. Mm -hmm. So that's still a totally an unknown. And but it's something I'm like thinking about a lot. You and I have talked about it a lot. Yeah. And whether that happens or not, 
I have pushed into full service projects. I've pushed maybe myself and clients into a situation that wasn't the best fit because I wanted it to be whether they had the budget, so it should be, or I wanted to see the results of a fully completed and realized room versus like consulting. It doesn't give you that. Yeah. So I just, I am going to be very cautious about what projects I take on in that capacity. So I'm going to focus on consulting. And like I was really looking closely at my numbers for that. 2023 and I didn't try that hard to get new consulting clients. I still wanted to push into full service more. So I'm going to as of now 2024 might be a full flip or 25, but focus less on full service, which is really scary. It's weird to say it out loud. Because yeah. they really Because it's have... like the opposite of what we've been preaching or what we've been trying to do. Okay, but so yes, it's yes and. Yes, mm-hmm. it is a little bit of the opposite. But and we are reinforcing being able to put the right, the, our energies in the right places. So Priorities. you're not saying you won't do full service. It's just it has to be the right client and the right project in order for that to happen, which is the same thing we've said for very early on is we want to be in a place where that's possible for ourselves and for our businesses. And you and I have talked about this recently. It's really hard to say no to something that's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. So I think saying no to clients or projects that could be lucrative is going to be the hard thing. But I think it will leave room for the right fits. And I'm just going to be pushing people into more consulting stuff. Like, I think it's somewhat easier to sell that anyway, because a lot of people don't want to hand over the checkbooks and the keys to the process. They want to like be involved in every step of the way and yeah. collaborate more. So, yeah. And it's scary from a portfolio standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you're now you don't you have to really be cautious about who goes into those full service projects so that way you can continue to build and like you're trusting the process that the right people will find it. Those that won't, you can redirect them to something else. And putting more of my focus and my time into happy hour, which is my other business that needs more attention. And has a huge opportunity. It just, if, you know, that just more time put into it, more can come out of it. And the podcast, like we have a lot that we're trying to do this year for the podcast as well. So you'll be able to use your energies better. Yeah. Without the the full service of it all, it's just that has to come first. And it's like a drop everything mentality for that client. And I just don't think I'm going to be able to do that. I mean, or it's going to be very limited for who you want to do all that for. Right. I guess that's not my main goal of trying to sell. Like I'm my main goal is not to get more full service clients because I don't won't have capacity for that. There's kind of a flex with that though because think about how many designers are actively saying to people during discovery calls, we are on, we only take on a limited number of full service projects every year. 
And in order for us to do that, they have to hit X minimum or they have to be X size. And this project doesn't fit into that, but we'd be happy to do that. Like you can be, you can then say, I understand this may not be the fit that you're looking for then. So I do have these other options that allow me to be involved. And if that works for you, great. But if you're looking for a designer who will do more, like there's something in the power of being able to say, go forth, go find that other person. If you don't think that my consulting options are going to be able to help you, uh, you know, this is my limit. And I don't know, it could be kind of fun to reflect back on that after the year, come back in a year, y'all. Like when we see like the result of are people saying, are they upping their minimums then? Or are they like, are they coming back to the table with, we really do want to do this? Like that reverse psychology thing of don't call me, I'll call you sometimes gets people to get more serious. So I'm really curious to follow that and see what happens as you start getting your inquiries. I'm really curious to see too. And I'm curious how I'm going to go about marketing this. Am I going to be, I guess, transparent about that publicly outside of this very public forum right now? You mean like with <laughs> from potential, a sales, like yeah, on from Instagram or... And marketing, yeah. yeah. I mean, I... I still feel like there's a flex behind that of saying, hey, we're only doing so many of those this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to a point where I know what's happening with the family so I can try to put together what are those numbers? Is it two full service clients a year? Is it four? I don't know. That's probably not more than that. I mean, but those could still be really profitable. So I'm very excited yeah, if to see it's how like that works my, out. My ideal, if it's two, like I have with like my best case client right now, I think it's two. But if it's not as good as that, as if it's not as big of a budget as that, or mm-hmm. then I don't know. This is where it's hard. Well, we're not, this wasn't the six easy things to do today episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> six easy things to start now to double yeah. your salary. No, this is the like six changes. Uh, there's a lot going on that we want to make adjustments for and not do in, in, in this year. And, and I've been talking about, that. I've been talking about focusing on consulting for a long time. And I just have to put up or shut up and either try it or figure out how to grow and get more support for myself. Right. And, <sighs> this is a big, topic, it's, a, it's a big topic because it's also built around a phase of life decision for you and your family. And so it's not like it's just Studio Plum making I gave a up. decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, I have to make some adjustments and our whole family will be making adjustments. And so I, you know, you as the owner of Studio Plum are also having to say, I have to plan to make some adjustments around this also. And I think that that's preserving your space and giving yourself room for that by being able to explore it. And, you know, we've always been one, you've always said, be ready for a pivot. So it's the grand experiment for 2024. It could change. Like, the job might not change and then you're making different decisions. But honestly, it's, if I had two really great clients that the project is going to turn into something that I want to photograph and I get two great photo shoots of, um, of multi-room projects, like at least two or three rooms, 
Mm-hmm. That's more than I did last year. Yeah. Photographed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're coming in with with more guaranteed wins from that. Yeah, and they went the whole ride. So when I look at it, like that doesn't sound scary. It's the consulting only and just like never feeling like anything's done is what scares me. I mean, I know there's a lot of designers really cashing in doing things like expert sessions. So I... I know that there's pos- a lot of growth and possibility behind that. So I'm ready to hear more of that when it happens. So, Okay. Yeah, What's yours? Yeah. So oddly enough, y'all, hotties, we did not pre-plan this. We didn't share our numbers with each other and what our things were. So, so this one is somewhat related to what you shared. I had a number of clients this year that weren't the right fit. And I kind of created these like combo of services of they're going to buy stuff. I'm going to let them reuse things. We're designing a lot of built-ins where I don't really make any money. And it was just like, it's mostly these like half-assed decorating projects is what I'm kind of describing. Like they all, I went through and looked like, what's the common thread here? And it's that they're these sort of half-cocked ideas you know, the client of, well, I just think it's a built-in, a rug. And you're, you know, and I'm like, no, it's definitely more than that. Like you have major electrical work you're describing and there's all of this. And so part of it is there's multiple pieces to this, but it's, we've talked about that idea of the clients who don't think they need that much done. And so... Just? It's the just, I just need this. I just need that. And I was like, I will say living in that space of scarcity and saying, well, I need client work and I need to do this. I need to do that. But truly, they became very distracting and very unfulfilling. And so it's really specifically about those half-assed decorating projects where they just want to work with stuff where I really need to direct them. If I do still want the fee revenue, they are only really in 2024 going to fit into consultations or designer on call if I choose to offer them designer on call. I just, I'm, I was never happy with stuff. The fee revenue was never really great. They were depending on me for too much to talk to like their cabinet guy. And, you know, I'm still like going to their house for paint stuff and talking to painters. And it's just not fulfilling because the projects are never done. And they're happy to have, most of them were happy to have a thought partner and help, but they would have been just as happy in designer on call or virtual consults with my help and advice. So I kind of set myself up in the wrong way. And I can be okay. Like I've been through that and realized, oh, I could have redirected this and still had a very similar financial outcome, but less of the emotional burden and less of the like... Disappointment probably too. Yeah, yeah. Of like... Because I know there's, like, you shared some frustrations around, like, you, like, I've done this too. I have a couple of projects like this Mm -hmm. too, where I'm like, oh, this is actually, like, I can get a photo out of this. Yeah. I have, and then I, like, start, like, daydreaming and fantasizing and about what the space could be Mm -hmm. and thinking you have the client on board with that fantasy as well. And then they just keep (laughs) chipping away at it one way or another or... Let's just, or maybe just. Yeah. And then you're like, I just want out. (laughs) So when I, and when I look back on that experience, I look 
Like I was really careful. I looked back at my discovery call notes. I looked at their inquiry forms. I'm like, were the signs already there in these initial conversations? And they were. Like the notes I wrote down described accurately what this was going to become. It's just I got caught up in it and changed it and tried to redefine it. And I just tried to make some money off of it. I mean, that's where I always get into trouble too. And when I try to make a little couple extra bucks and not in anything shady, like I'm there, the ideas I have are for the client's benefit, but in a way that I can be profitable. And yeah, it's that like alignment of expectations. And I've done a lot more this year where I've kicked people down to designer on call way more than I ever have before mm-hmm. based on some <laughs> trauma. Yeah. But, <laughs> but when they're giving you know. the signs and they're showing you who they are, believe who they are. I, and look, I... And there's some budget. Like, we're not like trying to... I don't know, make money on somebody with a $5,000 budget. No, some of these projects that I was working on, they're spending good amounts of money. They just, they really need consulting advice. They don't need the full service approach and they're never going to benefit from all of it. And I'm never going to be able to get it there. I don't want to drag people over the finish line for that. And also it makes the like, when am I done awkward when they're kind of, doing it all or like leading they're the never way. They're never done because they never finish it. It's never like an install. Like right. they're just Versus like chipping away at crap. With full service, I do get, we get to an end point. There, it's a, a, clear and de- a more clear and defined goal with that. So for me, it was really specifically like my thorn in my paw was these half-baked decorating project types of things that just, they... You're either getting on my full service bus or I can move you down and offer consulting or designer on call if I want to. And I'll probably still make a comparable amount of money off of those. And they'll probably leave happier feeling, oh, he fulfilled everything he said he would do for this lower service. So I'm also getting them to be more aligned with the expectations that I'm not... I can't do everything for them. Right. And usually those people don't want you to. No. Because they don't want to pay me for that time and energy I could do for full service stuff. And a lot of the times they want to run through every scenario Mm -hmm. and kick every tire and I can't tell you how many rabbit. (laughs) Climb every mountain. I don't every (laughs) every quite a few of my virtual consultation clients will easily just spend an the hour circling through ideas. And I'll even say, do you just want to go through them? And I will yay or nay as we go. Or I can start to see what they're doing. I'm like, I'm here to use the time how you want to use it. If this is helpful and how you want to do it, I'll help you. But if you want me to step in and guide it, tell me that too. And I've had a few people who are like, no, I just need to talk through... Like they want therapy, really. Like they just want to go through the ideas of, is that wasteful? Is that bad? Is that going to have longevity? Should I just suck it up and pay more money for this? And sometimes people just need that. And Or ma'am, that's called anxiety. Like all these here's things. Here's a Lexapro prescription. All these scenarios, you're just yeah. overthinking everything. Yeah, like yeah. it's a problem that must be exhausting for them. Yes. Um, okay, so you're just stop. Well, we're not calling it that, but you're <laughs> no more in 24 for that is like muddying the waters of your services. Yeah. 
specifically around those decorating ones. It's they're never remodel ones. None of the ones from this year were the remodel. They were no like remodeling project ones. They were all these like little decorating ones. So that's my like pay attention to that flag in 2024. Yeah. And I think that does help. Like we've talked a lot about having minimum expenditures and really figuring out what that baseline number is because when it gets too low, then they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I'll just spend this on a built-in. Like, no, that doesn't count. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's an expensive built-in. Like you are going to come out of pocket a decent chunk of change, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't count for me. Right. Bury that. Yeah. Okay. I love that journey for you. And I am on the same ride. Yeah. Hey, Sean, I don't know about you, but Pinterest has been on my to-do list of I got to figure out how to use it again for literally years. (laughs) It's definitely one of those things that if you've just been using it as a brain dump location, you're not using it right. Yeah, Pinterest is not just for inspo anymore, although that's still there. It can be super strategic and actually get you new clients. Yes. So we're sort of reframing the thought process around Pinterest with our very first Hottie Homeroom course, Pinterest for Interior Designers Masterclass. It's two-parter, so you get both sessions for the same price. And if you can catch the live session, we recommend it. Otherwise, it's going to be recorded and available to watch on your own. But you also get two workbooks that really are going to show you the step-by-step of everything we talk about. Yes. And we've partnered with our Pinterest expert, Leah Reiner, and she's really power-packed the courses so that way you can optimize everything that you're doing to make Pinterest work for you to drive new traffic and help generate more leads for your business. You're not just listening to us talk about blah, blah, blah. Here's why Pinterest is great. Yes, we have an actual expert who does this day (laughs) in and day out. And she's going to be showing us all the details and how-tos. Yep, you got it. How to find trends, how to put them in captions to get people to read them. And probably the best part for me was realizing that Pinterest pins stay active for months, sometimes years longer than what the Instagram algorithm does. And you don't have to show up and show your face like you do on Instagram. (laughs) I know some of you don't want to do that. So it's a way to get yourself out there without getting yourself out there. Exactly. So head to shop.hottingdesignersclub.com and learn more about our Pinterest for Interior Designers Masterclass. See you there, hotties. So I have not done a great job this year just <laughs> planning in general. Okay. We'll say. Okay. I've been uh, your pretty... whole life? Just business? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to look at a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've been pretty responsive, like living in responsive land. That's <laughs> it's not great. What do you mean responsive land? Yeah. Or reactive land, I should say, instead of proactive. Okay. Okay. So I am going to not, I'm going to stop avoiding like monthly reviews. So one thing I just haven't really done, I mean, I've been keeping up with my bookkeeping as she gives me my little homework of notes I need to do. Okay. But beyond that, like I'm not analyzing things like having our last episode, like having gone through the year in review stuff. Like I'm not, I haven't been logging stuff 
month by month. There are a lot of things that I could be just collecting every month and having a better grip on instead of the surprise, surprise in December. Oh, wait, you did that in January, but you totally forgot because you have zero memory. Yeah. So I, or, oh my God, it's already the first of the month. I had no idea. (laughs) What? Need to just be ahead of stuff and just stop every month and look at what happened last month and what's uh-huh. going to happen next month. Like even I, just scheduling yeah. or a calendar. Of, I have to get better. I have to find, what do they call it? This productivity guy that I read his emails. Was it Air or something in his schedule? I have, yeah. There's just none. <laughs> yes. I, well, I mean, I'm, we're business owners together. So yeah, we notice that more often. Like I notice it because yeah, it gets hard when we're trying to overlap your calendar, my calendar, plus and then you add in other parties or a guest or someone who wants to talk to us about going to a panel or whatever. Like that kind of stuff, it gets hard because there, we actually don't have a lot of... There's not a lot of room. But there's like actually no working time in any of it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not building in time to actually sit and work. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's I there's that quote of just because you're free doesn't mean you're available. Um <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that's something I really need to map out in a much more proactive way this year. Mm-hmm. Especially if the family stuff changes. So yeah. Yeah. I just want to also just know how I'm doing better. I need to work with my bookkeeping team about getting more reports. Now that we're all caught up, I still don't feel like I know what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. So that. Okay. It's all, it's a group topic. It's around planning, tracking, you know, monthly, you know, check-ins, that kind of stuff. Like it's, those are the, the pillars to block out. It's hard. I'm so I have a standing appointment that's on my calendar. Like I have a couple standing at the end and at the beginning of each month to review things or update numbers or like I check my Google Analytics, I look at my acuity reporting and it's nice to see some numbers side by side. It's not all number based, it but it is helpful to see numbers next to each other. That's the like old banker in me dying a slow death of I like to see I like to see something that's that's quantitative that I can really sink into. I like, do too. You know, I you always say I love yeah. my numbers. Like I do. I do like to see the numbers and comparison. What I don't like, and this is something I think I can get help on. I don't like to. Honestly, a lot of it comes around process. Like I, some mm. things I forget how to do every month. And so it just feels like something I have to relearn every time or I can't get my hands on it. I just need to make it easier for me to quickly open, find the thing I need and log it in or get someone else to do that. And then I'm just spending time reviewing things and seeing what did and didn't work. I mean, I'm hearing more of taking on the role of the executive in your business, which is really powerful when you think of it that way. I'm a shit admin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fired. I'm a shitty admin. Like it's, not that's my not, strength. That's not your strength. And it's also painful to force yourself into stuff like that. And having come from 
like the corporate life of it all in my past was they we did the get strength finders and all of that. And they are very clear when you do strength finders of the problem is you need to find the people who have a natural strength in the thing that is different than you because you're never going to be able to you're not suddenly going to be great at planning if you've never been good at planning you can what they say a lot is you can learn you can grow you can make yourself less weak at it but it's not going to turn into a strength of yours and that right. is the really eye opening part of that is if i really am just not great at something and it's not a skill issue. Like I can't just be taught how to do it. It's not inherently going to just come to me easier suddenly. I should fo- I should be more like a... The comparison that gets used a lot is I should be more like an athlete. If I already have natural skill and ability at playing baseball, then practicing will definitely make me better if I have some already innate skill and talent. I will continue to get better at it if I put in more energy into it. But if you don't, but even also if you have like the trying will, to start trying to be a competitive swimmer will not like yeah be an easy road. It's not, and that, so the idea of forcing ourselves into things that we're not great at is just so counterintuitive to think that well, just because we're on our own, we have to do it all. It's not true, and I give myself a lot of grace, and I think you should too. Like, I don't, I don't think you should feel like. You have to be better at those things. No, but I mean, what I'm wanting to do is just to force myself, force, these are the words that I use, Mm -hmm. to allow myself the time to sit down and have these reviews monthly instead of annually Yeah, when it's too late. I think you'll get further with them. I'm, I... I know that having those little reminders more often also helps me adapt to the pattern better. And when I break the pattern, it is so much harder to get kind of back on it. So I think that it's smart of you to get either help to do it, whether it's a VA or someone else or your bookkeeping team to hold it. But also the the thing that I think will help you a lot too is the idea of planning these out so far that they're already kind of blocked in and protected mm-hmm. because we're always going to run out of protected time. Like, so literally scheduling four hours for you to sit at a desk and work is something that will help you because I know that you will let other stuff just fill it in and use that yeah. time if it's just open time. And I've had that on my calendar lately. I've had flexible days where I know that's the time I'm setting aside to work on something. But I have noticed that if I'm not careful, I will let a client request for a call or other stuff slowly start to eat away at all of that. Yeah, that's the people-pleasing part that I was talking about in the beginning is I it's a lot around my schedule. I definitely mm-hmm. will let my schedule fill at my own detriment. Okay, sure, I'll do that meeting, but that means now I am up till 1 in the morning to finish something. Mhm. So, that sounds so stressful. Yeah. I I really don't know how that's going to change next year, honestly. It's an experiment. We didn't say that we were promising to have all the questions answered. Well, there are some things around that, like the urgency around things isn't always there. And I assume in a lot, I assume 
there's urgency around things that could wait a week or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want it to become like an emergency or you're just worried people are I guess other people, well, it's other people's requests. Hey, can we have a meeting and talk about this? Something that's not really that timely. And I just, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm free next Tuesday. Uh But really it could be like two Tuesdays away or further. Or at your next meeting or something like, oh, let's combine that with the next thing. Like we don't have to do that right now. Yeah. I've had a lot of that with my this just like my own reflection as you're saying that more of that was coming up with these two really big remodel projects I'm working on with the architect of having to redirect clients more of, I love that, put it in a little list, put it in your pin board, but we're actually really far away from those decisions right now because we don't even have, I, I don't even know where your windows are at yet. I don't even know any of, hold all of that until... Let's not even talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's just make sure we get a sufficiently sized shower for you. And then we'll start talking about other functions a little bit further down the road. I don't even know if I can get you a toilet closet yet. So let's just wait on your discussions about your dream water closet. We don't even know if that's going to get in your floor plan yet. And kicking, not kicking the rock, but just like purposely guiding those things to another place. And sometimes they solve themselves when you make people wait, I've noticed. like A lot of times, yeah. And I'm not saying let's ignore and procrastinate on a decision. I don't want hotties to think that. But it's really funny how if I can't answer a contractor when they call at 7.30 in the morning, how by the time I call them back at 9, how many times they're like, oh, never mind, I took care of it. You know, oh, I just needed to know. I was looking for these plumbing fixtures, but they were in the garage. It's fucking with the man looking at stuff. Why? Like, why did you call me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always like, oh, honey. Basically, that's the way I hear it. It's like the TikTokers, like the husbands of, can you get the mayonnaise? But honey, we don't have mayonnaise. Yes, we do. Literally just move one object and you will see the jar of mayonnaise. And that's kind of like, if you don't answer the phone and you don't respond right away, it might fix itself. Well, is that I saw, I think that was like a similar TikTok where they, their solve was that they gave their spouse three stupid questions a day. This would just not happen in a lot of relationships, but so they're like, okay, so the new rule is you can ask me three stupid things a day and that's it. Anything else I'm not going to answer. So it, you could do this for contractors too. So, which, I don't know. There's other things, but... I know, there's another way to do it and make it funny maybe, but yeah, the concept is good. But yeah, if you want to ask me about mayonnaise, okay, that's one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or like things that you could resolve yourself. (laughs) I don't know. But it's like meant to like help with mostly women and the emotional workload and decision making. Like the weaponized incompetence of it all. Yeah, and this is the constant decision making that I personally get very, very depleted from. Oh. My husband doesn't ask stupid questions like that, but there's just a oh, lot of decisions does. we have to make. <laughs> mine was <laughs> literally, it's like the whole household conversations of, well, what do you want to eat for dinner? Do you have any ideas you want to share with me? No. Okay, so it's so what you're saying is you want me to make the decision on what we eat for dinner? No, not really. I and I'm like, oh, so what do you like? And then I'm like, what do you want from me? Do you want me to tell you, or do you want to have a discussion? But when you come in, it's I just would love a more pointed question. I love a good. Can we just get to the point? Do you want sushi for dinner? Yeah, is there a craving <laughs> that you need to get to? I yeah, mean, yeah, I yeah. ask him that. 
he'll yeah he more is does the agreeable oh i really don't care what we have but he does mm, well he might not but that just is putting the decision on me yeah but no. there are let me tell you who doesn't care I don't care what we have. I would eat a scrambled egg, but he won't. So oh, I would. I some egg and rice would have been like a go-to for me before I realized I had an egg is, allergy. Oh yeah, <laughs> a girl dinner's on the table for me, but oh, I've that's eaten actually just not popcorn and fruit. That's what I had <laughs> last night. I don't need. I don't need. I don't need a lot. Like I will make a turkey sandwich for dinner if I don't have to cook for an hour. That would be great. Mac and cheese? Done. Yeah, but that's not... (laughs) Yeah. Okay, (sighs) but the idea, going back to it, is keeping, planning, organizing, setting aside time for yourself, getting all of that. That's a really good place to be. Yes. I like it. So my next one is more built on, kind of alluded to this in episode 108, of building more of a promotional strategy and the opportunities to discuss my showroom. I really have not... For all the money that went into and invested in the upholstery side of my showroom space, I sort of let myself get overwhelmed with all of the other projects that we're doing that I never focused on building up some momentum locally. And I had some... I had a handful of showroom appointments throughout the year that were fine. And not many led to anything like which that happens a lot with people like people want to look around and I want to encourage people to come talk to me without feeling obligated. So that's totally fine. I wouldn't have talked to those people otherwise. Yeah. So I need to build this is what's out for this year. What is just not even talking about it or doing something. I can't just not do anything. Mm -hmm. I've made a big investment in it. I still believe in it. And I know that it can do more for my business. I'm not expecting it to turn into a retail store where it drives most of my revenue. I'm looking for it to help with my place as part of my community and to have an option for people that doesn't fit my other design services. It is a potentially much larger profit center per like per sale. The profit is bigger, but I'm not expecting you know a hundred sofa sales in a month or something. Like I'm not West Elm, but I know that I can right. still do more with it, and I can easily regain what I invested into it by really being directive. I mean, about- one sofa sale a month is nice. Yeah, like that goal on its own. Not that hard. That's not that hard, which is why it's the idea of it's not that hard, but I really wasn't doing anything about it. And I can, even if the goal, I haven't built a whole strategy around this yet, in fairness to the hotties who are listening, but literally part of it is just talking about it on stories once a week would probably do something. But I don't even do that. Yeah. So you're like stepping on my next one too, but so I'll just... Then let's Um, connect them together. Yeah, mine is no more being afraid of selling my services. Mm -hmm. Like I have this thing in my head that, oh, you always talk about that. But when like in my review, I was going through old Instagram posts and my archive and stuff. And the last time I talked about that was like May. Like what? No one remembers or cares. So my... Yeah, the fear around self-promotion, I think, has just got to stop. Mm. I think that's a really nice way to sum that up. Yeah. And I, what I've 
thinking I'm going to do is because I have three businesses that all need different levels of promotion. And there's like happy hour has two anchor services that are open to the public. Studio Plum has a couple. And then the podcast is really, I don't think I need to do a lot of self-promotion around the podcast unless it's something need like important. Like I don't share all of our episodes on there. Maybe I should. (laughs) So I know I I just feel like we don't talk about it, but I know there's overlap between that and most people would probably just skip it if they're not interested. Like what's the... And it's not like I'm going to be on there talking for an hour. So what I'm going to do is create a list of... What's the word? Like like the services or products that I need to be serving, selling every month. Mm -hmm. And making sure that I'm talking about each of those things. Yeah. Like creating your pillars. It's not necessarily like cultural pillars, but it's business pillars of, I need to talk about this. Yeah. Like, I guess it's impression points, have impressions that I need to have for my own Mm -hmm. businesses versus selling someone else's stuff. Yeah. I think that's really smart to think of it in, as you're saying that I'm realizing like, oh yeah, why couldn't I develop the content around my services in the same way. You have to talk about selling sofas four times a month. And so then it just turns into a to-do instead of a, I don't know, something you have to remember or even, it'll never It's ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Right. And the emotional labor involved around self-promotion for me is high. So I just need to it's like we hired our VA for the podcast to promote our episodes. That does not need somebody who is invested in every detail. There's a date, there's a content that needs to go on it and schedule it. Like she does a great job. Yeah. So I can do that. The same thing with these sales pillars, basically, is mm-hmm. how I'm thinking of them. And hand that off. I already have a VA who's helping me with social media. So. I just need to develop how many touch points I really want to make on each of these things. Yeah. And they, some of them could be the same. Like you could just have a graphic that you just share over and over. Yeah. I mean, that's I one of those really light lifts was just literally the people who are on the, like learning from the expert is that every once in a while, they just post a couple pretty rooms with a little bit of stuff that says booking consultations on the expert. And that, that just, just open remind, my calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not that hard to do. And not, I know not everyone who's listening is going to have consultations available like that virtually. But I, I mean, we've talked about how smart we think it is to do that. But it's not that challenging to accomplish something like that and just share it. Because I think the big learning that we keep coming back to is when you stop talking about it, people don't remember it. and we think that we're being repetitive, but most people did not get that message. They're not seeing it, hearing it, understanding it, or they're just not in the place to hear it when you shared it last. Or they're new to your channel. Like, There's all kinds of new people that are following us every day that didn't hear anything from yesterday. Yeah. And they're not going back. They're not going back and reading all your captions and reading no. all your stuff and going to your website and absorbing your blog. Or Most people don't get obsessed like that. So 
we it's our job to kind of keep telling the story, keep sharing the things that set us apart, talk about what we actually sell and why we do it and who it's for. It sounds really easy when we say it like this, but truly the repetition can be the part that kind of kills our motivation to do it. At least for me, it's the, but I've already done this. And so, which makes it so easy to offload to somebody else, which is kind of funny. The thing we don't want to do is the thing that actually will bring us money. Like mm-hmm. me chit chatting about my favorite book isn't going <laughs> to no, give yeah. me any money. So, like, I can still do that and then have somebody else, you know, bang the drum. I, it sounds simple, which is why it, that the promoting my showroom capabilities was at the top of my list because well, it's not, it doesn't have to be that hard. I just have to do more discussion around it and share things and just doesn't have to well, be perfect. It doesn't have you, to be polished. It doesn't have like, to be perfect. I think you had some goals for the whole space that hadn't been finished yet. Yeah. And I was like waiting for stuff in order. And it's like, why? There's enough there. Yeah, it's beautiful. It just doesn't have to be a full and complete vision every single time you do something. And we let perfection get in the way. Your showroom part is completed. I mean, there's... Yeah. Yeah, everything that you need to sell a sofa is there. Yeah, it is. (laughs) That was your... that. So your number... Your last one was not being afraid of selling your services and getting beyond your fear of self-promotion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it. Well, then my last one then, this is our number six out of them, is somewhat related to the showroom promotion, but it's separately not... It it is just that I really, this year, fell off the bandwagon of posting nearly anything on a regular basis to... Instagram or to Pinterest. And so I have been reinvigorated recently by our Pinterest for Interior Designers Masterclass that got me more motivated about a lot of the possibilities to expand my reach and get in front of more potential clients there. But it also reminded me of, I have way more ideas than I'll ever be able to execute. And so the idea around social media, specifically Instagram for my business, is that I have tons of ideas. I have more ideas than I'll ever be able to put out there about what to say, what to talk about, what to post, what to guide people on. Like I have so much to say. So the problem is not coming up with it. It's just the getting it out there. And I'm really committed to finding in this strategy for myself this year is stop avoiding doing it and just get back to developing it. Like I have my Planoly account still that allows me to schedule content. There's absolutely no reason why I can't get back to my social media posting calendar of grouping, you know, a week at a time. It's literally five photos or a carousel or something. There's no reason why I can't start with a simple strategy. And I did this year talk and have some discovery calls with social media planners. And it's just... Right now, when I'm literally not doing anything, it's hard to make the leap to, oh, someone else just has to do it all for me. I do think there's an in-between. That's my hypothesis, is that I believe that there's a place where I could be getting more out there, doing it without a really heavy lift. But I have the photography, have the content. 
it's not hard for me to write a caption. It's just not putting it as part of my day and making it... I think I've really got to do them in blocks of time instead of every day I have to do it because I know I won't. Every day gets away from us. So I've sort of... I, I look at a lot of my activity in Instagram and I'm very active in commenting with people and in DMs and sharing things. Yeah, you're and, not in the app. Yeah, I'm there. I'm absorbing and I'm taking advantage of it. I'm just not... I'm not creating more to add to that. And there's no reason why I can't other than I'm just not. So... I get back on the horse kind of energy. Yeah, I feel the same way. I re- I don't know, I guess it's been about six months. I hired a VA for, I mean, she does three or four hours a week. Yeah. But what works for, and it's mostly around social media. And what works for us is we meet on a, we meet on Zoom. She's local to me, but we still meet on Zoom and have a 30 minute meeting, go through a bunch of ideas. And it, it's really just a time for me to have an appointment with myself almost, download a bunch of stuff. Oh, I did this and this and this. And she'll kind of spin it into a reel or something. And we have a shared al- a shared iPhone album mm-hmm. or a couple of them. And she'll just make them and then we'll kind of create it as we go. We're doing it about a week at a time. It's yeah. been a little rough the last month or so, but Really, I just need the accountability person too and the executor person. Personal trainer kind of. And she'll start captions. She'll write the captions, but it usually just, I need to have my own voice on it or I have something different I want to say. So, mm-hmm. but it's easier when I can edit what she's done. So, yeah, I agree. It's kind of related to the last one too, because part of when you're not posting, then you don't want to just self-promote the first time out of the gate. <laughs> if you haven't posted in a couple of weeks, you don't just want to come out and say, buy stuff from me. Yes. Yeah, it makes it that much harder to do it. Yeah, and it feels just grosser. So when you're a little more consistent and have other things to just support the content of self-promotion, it feels better. Like more people are ready to listen that way, which is, well, no, no freaking duh. Yeah. Engagement. It just feels so silly when we say it that way. Cause you're like, oh, well, of course, <laughs> get back to it. And I'm just a big theme that I'm hearing from what we've talked about is not letting perfection get in the way of progress and allowing ourselves to make incremental steps on this. I mean, are there, uh, there's tons of other things. We just wanted to keep the list somewhat small. We're always going to be wanting to do more. We're always our most our worst critics too. Yeah. And if you have specific things that are easier to put into your schedule, I mean, I'll say one more, no more meetings on Mondays. Like that Mondays is supposed to be my no meetings day and I have cheated on myself. Yeah. You're not really good with your own boundaries. Today's Monday, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's a Monday when we're recording. So yeah, not good about holding your days. So that's just, yeah, I really, really need that. I love telling people I'm not available. 
God, I hate it. I don't know. I got it. I love, oh, that day doesn't work. And not to be like an argumentative, like it's the, that, how do I say this? There are still plenty of times where when people say, is that day going to work? There are plenty of times that happens where I'm like, yeah, I have a lot of flexibility that day. That time works. I have no problem scheduling on that day. But when I don't have it and people are like, what about Monday? And I'm like, "Mm, nope, sorry. That's that day is not available. Even if I have time set aside in my office that I planned for stuff, I like don't have a problem telling people that day doesn't work. But I know for you, unless you see another concrete obligation in that time frame, you're going to give that up to someone else. So I have a lot of standing meetings in my calendar that I think I feel guilty about for the people that aren't part of it. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honest. So that's probably part of it too. That There's like a whole strategy around it. Is For me, I've also deleted some standing meetings and standing things. I moved them out of my calendar and put them into my Asana tasks. And the la- as we're end- heading into the mine recording, are, this mine like, are with other people though. Like we have standing stuff on Fridays. Happy hour has a standing meeting on Tuesdays. Yeah, <sighs> but nobody else knows about those. Your clients don't know about those. Oh, just means I have no availability. <laughs> no more meetings. <sighs> also, every uh, so many meetings could have just been a phone call. Because you spend a lot of time driving around and doing stuff too. I've really leaned in on that with clients this year of, you know, this is just a phone call, really. You don't, I don't have to, we don't have to meet in person or be on Zoom again. Like, it gives me more flexibility too of, I can literally hear a quick conversation in a car when I don't need to be in front of a Zoom camera. And so even just like notes on cabinetry recently for a client, like I just told them, can you just write down your stuff first and take a picture with your phone if you have to and then give that to me before we talk? Like, I need to see it before we talk. Like, I'm trying to be yeah. more efficient with the... If you're going to come to something, do me a favor, write it down. Like, I've even sent it to clients who were collecting some of their revisions on a project. And I'm like, here, drop it in this Google Doc. Tell me when this has your thoughts in it and then we'll put together a call. Because yeah, I so just coming be in prepared. Yeah, coming in blind and I'm doing more of the, well, what's the agenda when someone wants stuff? I I've done that to you too, actually. But it's the like, should we should we have a meeting about this? And it'll be like the architecture team. And I'm just like, what do we can you just tell me like two to three bullet points of what we're gonna be discussing during this? Can you come in with a plan? Because I know that a lot of people, their default is, can we just have a call? Can we just have a meeting? And sometimes it, it's not necessary. So it could just be a text message. It could be an email. And it doesn't have to be all these meetings all the time. But I, I also do love seeing people. It's just, I will let a whole day disappear with people talking and hanging out instead of getting the work done. I know. And I feel like I have a couple of clients that will avoid decisions. Unless there's a meeting. Uh-huh. Like yeah, we're yeah. not, or they're not aligned or on... Or talking to each other or whatever. Yeah. And they're waiting um, for your meeting in order to have their discussion. Yeah. You're like, no, y'all, this is homework. This isn't study hall. Yeah. And if a meeting <laughs> gets the situation further along, then I would rather do it than wait another week of them sitting on a proposal. Meanwhile, like things are going out of stock and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're planning your whole around us. You're yeah. trying to plan your whole calendar and they still haven't figured out what they're trying to do. Yeah. So, this year, hotties, 
sit down, write down the stuff that you're like, hold on, we need to change it. Maybe it's not six. We just did three and three each. So I think that was a good start for us to think about, okay, this is the stuff that didn't work that we want to make some changes on. Write your couple priorities. Get them out there. I think when you put them out into the universe, it's easier to take action, which is why I like the whole goal setting of the new year. Yeah, and why we like to publicly... Embarrass ourselves. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gluttons for punishment because that helps hold us accountable and makes us get stuff done. And then you all ask us questions about stuff like in our hottie hangouts on Patreon. You're, how is that going? Did that work? I, I love a little... Are you going to the gym? (laughs) And this is also us holding each other accountable in our other, you know, in our offline conversations. So yeah, you can do this with a design bestie too. Absolutely. Well, cheers to a new year, hotties, to a prosperous 2024. Yeah. And until next time. Stay hot, designers. Thanks for listening to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. For more on what we talked about today, check out the show notes. Your support helps us grow, so share with your design besties. And subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Our conversations continue on Instagram. And be sure to download our monthly resources on our website and our Patreon. 